Good morning, I'm Sue Thomas and I'm an ordinand in Wigan South Parish. This morning's readings from 2 Kings, chapter 24, verse 18 to chapter 25, verse 12. Zedekiah was 21 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 11 years. His mother's name was Hamutal, daughter of Jeremiah, and she was from Libna. He did evil in the eyes of the Lord, just as Jehoiakim had done. It was because of the Lord's anger that all this happened to Jerusalem and Judah, and in the end he thrust them from his presence. Now Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. So in the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, on the tenth day of the tenth month, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, marched against Jerusalem with his whole army. He encamped outside the city and built siege works all around it. The city was kept under siege until the eleventh year of King Zedekiah. By the ninth day of the fourth month, the famine in the city had become so severe that there was no food for the people to eat. Then the city wall was broken through and the whole army fled at night through the gate between the two walls near the king's garden, though the Babylonians were surrounding the city. They fled towards Arabah, but the Babylonian army pursued the king and overtook him in the plains of Jericho. All his soldiers were separated from him and scattered, and he was captured. He was taken to the king of Babylon at Riblah, where sentence was pronounced on him. They killed the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes. Then they put out his eyes, bound him with bronze shackles, and took him to Babylon. On the seventh day of the fifth month, in the nineteenth year of Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, Nebuzaradan, commander of the imperial guard, an official of the king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem. He set fire to the temple of the Lord, the royal palace, and all the houses of Jerusalem. Every important building he burnt down. The whole Babylonian army, under the commander of the imperial guard, broke down the walls around Jerusalem. Nebuzaradan, the commander of the guard, carried into exile the people who remained in the city, along with the rest of the populace, and those who had deserted the king of Babylon. But the commander left behind some of the poorest people of the land to work the vineyards and the fields. Zedekiah was the last king of Judah, and was appointed a puppet king by Nebuchadnezzar. During his reign of 11 years, there was a steady decline in Judah's power with Zedekiah, and despite Jeremiah's efforts, he did evil in the eyes of the Lord, as so many of the kings before him had. Nine years into his reign, in 588 BC, Zedekiah decided to switch his allegiance from Nebuchadnezzar to Hopra, the king of Egypt, inciting this siege by the Babylonians. In this account from two kings, it doesn't mention that Zedekiah's new allies arrived just as the siege started, but Nebuchadnezzar's men beat back the Egyptians, who eventually retreated back to the Nile. We can only imagine the brutality of the battlefields at those times, with men from both sides left dead or dying. It must have been a similar scene that Henry Dunant faced in Safarian in 1859 when he went to talk to Napoleon III about a business proposition. Dunant was born in Geneva some 30 years earlier to parents who were Calvinists and lived out their faith helping the poor and marginalised. 
as a young adult and student, Henry was also actively helping others and in his spare time led a group of his peers in Bible studies and social work, visiting prisoners and helping the poor. After poor grade at college, Dinant started work as an apprentice in the well-known Swiss bank. He also worked for a while for the Young Men's Christian Association, travelling to nearby countries to promote its aims and founded the Swiss branch of the YMCA. In 1856, he embarked on a daring venture involving a large area of land in Algeria. But for this venture to succeed, he needed the water rights to the land and this was what brought him to the battlefield at Safarian to ask Napoleon for help. However, when he got there, he found 23,000 men lying dead or dying, with just a few people giving them any form of assistance. This was to change his life. Dinant mobilised the community nearby to help the injured, regardless of which side they were fighting for, using his own money to purchase resources and to erect makeshift hospitals. When he returned to Geneva, he wrote a book of his experience at Safarian and presented his vision for neutral relief societies made up of volunteers who would be trained to help relieve suffering in places of conflict. In 1863, the founding charter of the Red Cross was established in Geneva, but Dinant wanted to establish an international agreement to protect those working for the Red Cross and the injured. So the following year, the Geneva Convention was adopted, recognising the status of the medical services and protecting them and the people they were treating on the battleground. Today is the 110th anniversary of his death. Today we see Marcus Rashford selflessly leading a movement to feed children who would be hungry without help. We see also that supporters of the cause come from all political sides. There is neutrality in unity for a just cause. Where do we see people helpless or the victims of injustice? What situations does God put on our hearts? It's unlikely that we will have the impact that these people have had. But Jesus tells us that we have to do something. We can't cross the road and walk on the other side. Some of us may campaign. Others provide practical support, maybe share resources or address issues in other ways. However, each one of us is called to see through Jesus' eyes and to pray. Let's pray now. Grant us, Lord God, a vision of your world as your love would have it. A world where the weak are protected and none go hungry or poor. A world where peace is built with justice and justice is guided by love. Give us the inspiration and courage to build it. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.